Hello and welcome to Swiftly Spoken, a fan-made Taylor Swift podcast in which we analyse her artistry, including her lyricism, music videos and full album retrospectives. As always, we are your hosts Lisa and Cameron, and in this bonus episode, to celebrate Harry Styles' birthday, we shall be chronologically discussing the lyrics and themes that surround the songs thought to be inspired by Hayler. Before we get into this episode, we wanted to give a quick disclaimer by saying that this episode is interesting to us from a lyrical and a thematic perspective to see how certain songs are connected and how themes developed surrounding this relationship. Harry and Taylor both speak very fondly of each other. Moreover, all of what we're going to be speaking about are our opinions and speculation. And of course, there's really no way to know who songs are ever really about. However, we're going to be looking at the lyrics and always grounding what we say. Finally, regardless of who out or what inspired them the songs and lyrics themselves should ultimately always be credited in full to taylor can't be reduced to simple paternity test and that is not our aim we just simply want to explore the lyrics and themes that taylor developed in her music surrounding this particular time in her life and how they connect to harry's songwriting as well by drawing parallels between them and just seeing how these two amazing songwriters worked on their craft and how it echoes in each other's songs With that being said, let's first start off by defining a timeline to understand why we're going to be analysing certain songs. Harry and Taylor first met and had a fling, it would seem, in spring of 2012. They met at the Kids' Choice Awards in March of 2012 and... They seem to have got together for a little while then. However, afterwards, Harry was spotted kissing another girl in Australia and the Haler rumours died out until later on that year. However, if we take this point as their first meeting and fleeting romance, it means that some songs that were included on Red could be about the relationship. After that, we have the main relationship between them that rekindled in September through to January of 2013. And a lot was said about them at that point in time, those few months by the press going to see throughout the 1989 album, which seems to have been inspired by these few months of their relationship. Yeah, and I think it's also important to mention that Taylor and Harry did continue to hang out at events and award shows even after they had broken up. Some examples of these are the 2013 VMAs when they hang out at an after party and sung Purple Rain on the piano which was confirmed by Liam Payne in 2017. On January 16th, 2014, rumours also spread about Harry and Taylor meeting up secretly with mutual friends in Malibu. Then on the 19th of November in 2014, they attended the 1975 concert together. And then on January 15th, 2015, they both attended a mutual friend's birthday party in LA. So I think it's quite important to mention that even after they split up, they were clearly remained good friends and they both speak very fondly of each other. So though their relationship did eventually fizzle out, in the 1989 era, Taylor did describe how Harry and her remained good friends, and she talked about their friendship when she said, It's weird because I'm so public about talking about my friends, but I never talk about my relationships, but it's weird when you have a romantic relationship that transitions into being one of your really close friends. And then when asked about Out of the Woods, Taylor also said, That song that I wrote was about a relationship that transitioned into a friendship. It even came to a point that some of the songs that Taylor wrote and recorded for 1989, she kind of pre-screened with Harry and then eventually put them on the album. So obviously they were in a good place, like 
they could listen like she was literally showing him music about him even harry himself has looked back on the relationship in his rolling stones interview in 2017 when he was asked about his relationship with taylor which is something that he doesn't tend to open up about however he did say that he looked fondly at the relationship and he also said about the songs that taylor supposedly had written about him i mean i don't know if they're about me or not but the issue is she's so good they're bloody everywhere I write from my experiences, everyone does that. I'm lucky if everything we went through helped create those songs. That's what hits your heart. That's the stuff that's hardest to say, and it's the stuff I talk about least. Then when he was asked if he was able to tell her that he admired the songs, he said, yes and no, they're great songs. It's the most amazing unspoken dialogue ever, hinting towards the songs that have been written back and forth between Harry and Taylor. Certain things don't work out. There's a lot of things that can be right, and it's still wrong. I'm writing songs about stuff like that. I like tipping our hats to the time together. You're celebrating the fact it was powerful and made you feel something rather than this didn't work out and that's bad and if you run into that person maybe it's awkward maybe you have to get drunk but you shared something meeting someone new sharing those experiences it's the best shit ever so thank you as we can see they kind of remained friendly they've always spoke very highly of each other and each other's writing in another interview a more recent one harry again mentioned taylor's writing and said that he was honored and, and lucky to maybe have inspired some of it they have always remained cordial and even in the Grammys last year, they had a, a conversation. It was nice to see them interacting together without everyone making like too much of a big deal about it. So before we move on to properly discussing and analysing the songs and lyrics, we thought it would be important to mention some of the common themes that run throughout them. Themes of driving and crashing, the concept of home, the media, cheating, hotels, Polaroids, miscommunication and paper aeroplanes. Now we're going to be focusing on the breakdown of Taylor's songs that lyrically allude to their relationship, as well as mentioning some of Harry's lyrics throughout that parallel and contribute calls it this most amazing unspoken dialogue. When we get into the songs, we can basically divide them into three parts or three moments. Firstly, the red songs, which allude to the very, very early relationship. Then we go into 1989, which, as we've said, is like the main event. And then finally, everything after, which we'll get to. And, and you'll see it's very like difficult to tell what could be real and what couldn't. First, we're going to start off by looking at um, the songs in the Red album. And we're going to look at them in the chronological order that they were written. The first song that we can talk about is Treacherous. Treacherous seems to have been written in April 2012. So bearing in mind the timeline that we discussed previously, in April 2012, by this time, Harry and Taylor have already met and a possible romance has sparked between them. So over a couple of days, Taylor had a writing session in LA with Dan Wilson, who she wrote Treacherous and Come Back Be Here with. Taylor says, I wrote Treacherous with Dan Wilson and we came up with a way to say, you know, this is dangerous and I realise that I might get hurt if I go through with this, if I move forward with you, but I still want to. It's like that kind of conflicted feeling of it being a risk every time you fall in love, especially with certain types of people. So if we look at this album lyrically, the song really establishes two of the main recurring themes that surround their relationship. Firstly, we have references to cars and driving, especially in the lyric, two headlights shine and nothing safe is worth the drive. Then we also have the establishing theme of the concept of home, which is repeated a lot throughout Halo songs. So we have I would follow you home in Treacherous. 
In my opinion, this song really sounds like an early version or the prequel to Style. Moreover, the secret message is what really points to this song being about Harry. The secret message from Treacherous is Won't Stop Till It's Over, which is a lyric from the song Sweet Disposition, written by The Temper Trap. Harry obviously has a lot of tattoos, and in that moment he had a tattoo which is now covered up, which had the same lyric, but it was incorrect. So he had tattooed Won't Stop Till We Surrender, instead of the real lyrics, which are Won't Stop to surrender and those lyrics come directly after won't stop till it's over taylor then met the temper trap in november 2012 at the aria awards in australia and asked the lead singer to handwrite and sign the lyrics so she could give them to her boyfriend as a birthday present obviously her boyfriend at that time was harry and this was probably a coy way of kind of proving that his tattoo had the wrong lyrics on them. With this in mind, it seems that Treacherous is like the beginning of the relationship. It's the song that establishes that beginning feeling. The next song was written with Darren Wilson for the Red Album um, was Come Back Be Here. And that was written on April 12, 2012. Um, so Taylor posted a picture on Instagram with the caption, recording for the next album, so happy. And that day, Taylor was recording the demos for Treacherous and Come Back Be Here. So Taylor talked about the meaning of the song at the Red Release party when she said, it's a song I wrote about this guy that I met. You know, you meet somebody and then they just kind of happen to go away and it's like long distance all of a sudden. And you're like, come back, be here. So it's a song that I wrote about having distance separate you, which is something I face constantly. So in the Instagram post that Taylor posted with the caption recording for the next album, So Happy, um, the dress that she is wearing is actually the same dress that she wore during an alleged date with Harry Styles a few days before. So this song would have been written super early on into Taylor knowing Harry, which some people have used to kind of debunk this theory that it is possibly a Harry song. However, the lyric... How strange, I don't know you at all, suggests otherwise. News on Reddit does debunk this um, Haler theory about Come Back Be Here, and instead argues that it's about Zac Efron, and the timelines of when Zac was in New York and London does match, whereas Harry appears to not be in London for very long, or New York, and is instead over in Australia during the time that Taylor is writing this song with One Direction. So lots of people have argued that that possibly means that Come Back Be Here, because of the lyrics, the specific lyrics of London and New York, suggests it is about Zac Efron. How do you feel about that, Lisa? With all of these uh, songs, as we're going to mention, we can never 100% know, of course. However, I am leaning more towards Harry than to Zac, just because of the parallels that it has with other songs, and because of another song written by Harry that also parallels Come Back Be Here. Harry has supposedly written a song for a couple called Alex and Sierra called I Love You, which was written under the pseudonym of Mick Greenberg. It's basically almost 100% confirmed that it was Harry who wrote for them, and even Alex and Sierra themselves teased that it was Harry who wrote it for them. And I Love You has many, many parallels to Taylor lyrics and Taylor songs, one of them being... I didn't come back and I wasn't there. It could just be a coincidence or it could be like a direct reference to come back be here being about that beginning, the delicate beginning, as she says. But like I said, we can never really know. And those coincidences between Zach and Taylor also make quite a lot of sense. What do you think? I do agree. I do think that the kind of London, New York, Zach stuff makes sense and does kind of possibly suggest that maybe it was more about him. But I think sometimes maybe songs are multiple have multiple inspirations sure, um, and it yeah. might just be a feeling like taylor said that she has constantly with long distance because of the nature of her job and you know the people that she was dating at the time the nature of their jobs as well i think that maybe it is kind of a bit of a mix for me i've kind of always felt like 
maybe it was more of a kind of Harry song because of the the lyrics of you barely know this person and Taylor and him had not long met. Um, so that's how I've always kind of felt. Also, it's quite important to mention that sometimes uh, certain lyrics or words are used in songs because they rhyme or just sound better than others. So maybe, but you're in London sounded better than you're in Australia or you're in Sydney. Or maybe Taylor chose that specifically because she wanted to specifically reference someone that was in London we never know obviously we'll never be able to know but I just absolutely love Come Back Be Here's loved this song I don't care who it's about or whatever oh for sure Um, yeah it's just such a cool song and I've always kind of loved that the kind of message of the song of yeah falling in love with someone but then they're kind of leaving and um, like Taylor said it's something that clearly she was facing a lot Okay, so the next song um, that was kind of written for the Red Album was Message in a Bottle, and it was kind of written mid to late April 2012. So Taylor met Max Martin and Shellback, and this was the first song that they wrote. It appears that maybe um, while in the middle of writing Message in a Bottle, a friend of an ex walked into the studio asking if Taylor and his friend were getting back together, and then We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together was born. However, focusing on Message in a Bottle, obviously there's lots of lyrical parallels with Come Back Be Here. So You're So Far Away and I'm Down, and How It Is in London clearly suggests that Message in a Bottle was written either about the same person or the same feelings as Come Back Be Here, and there's lots of kind of lyrical parallels. Once again, Message in a Bottle, in the same way that Come Back Be Here is paralleled in Harry's songs, Message in a Bottle is as well. So if we look at Two Ghosts, he mentions being tongue-tied as well, tongue-tied like we've never known, telling those stories we already told. And it's one of the themes that appears throughout Halo songs that they're not very good at communicating. There's some miscommunications, uh, some nervousness. And obviously a message in a bottle, it would be like the beginning nerves of a relationship. Whereas in Two Ghosts, it's kind of the end of a relationship. I think also, yes, yeah, this uh, this song is, like you said, very similar with Come Back Be Here and like, um, how is it in London? Where are you while I'm wondering if I'll ever see you again? So I think mm. yeah, this message in a bottle is very, very early on. In relationship which possibly suggests maybe that it is like we said about harry um with that kind of the idea that you've barely met someone it's like am i ever going to see you again whoever come back be here is about i definitely think the message in the bottle was inspired by the same things purely because of the lyric crossovers and parallels the next song we're going to discuss is one that is most probably not originally about harry however taylor seems to have later the lyrics and the song with Harry to some extent so we're going to get into it this song is I Knew Were Trouble and it's very debated within the fandom to be honest with you with everything we're going to say my conclusion would be it's a bit of a mishmash and a mix yeah I think it's really important to mention that sometimes songs can have a new life and new meaning after they're written and I think that this was very clear with Stay 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 Taylor's version and lots of people felt like this version was so much more special and Taylor sounded so it sounded had kind of more meaning to it because obviously Taylor is in such a good relationship with Joe at the moment and I think that that maybe this was the same with I Knew Your Trouble maybe it wasn't originally about Harry however as Taylor's life and kind of relationship developed that song had new meaning and then related in new kind of aspects of her life and I think that that is something that happens a lot with songwriting sometimes they look back at songs and they have more meaning now than they originally did so I think that's definitely something to mention um, because like you said even though maybe this song wasn't originally about Harry I think that it maybe Taylor kind of associated it with him. For sure and this is something that was seen in the music video and some of her live performances of the song so the music video stars Reeve Carney as uh, Taylor's love interest and he does have some similarities in the way he looks to Harry and 
he has a ship tattoo, which is a tattoo that Harry got with Taylor. They were dating in 2012. I think that it was very purposeful. And yeah, the ship tattoo um, that you're mentioning was on the 18th of December in 2012, um, when Taylor and Harry went to LA. And yeah, he got this very infamous ship tattoo that then the love interest in the I Knew You Were Trouble music video gets. So I think that, yeah, that is like the clearest reference to Harry um, and the kind of and the way that, like you said, the that the love interest dresses in the music video, his hairstyle is it's very, very clear that that was on purpose. And like we've mentioned before, Taylor is very specific about music videos and kind of images and how stuff looks. And I think that that was definitely the case with I Knew Your Trouble. Um, and yeah, the ship tattoo is a, like a very, very, very clear Easter egg. And to be honest with you, there are other Easter eggs in the I Knew Were Trouble video that kind of point towards different directions. But focusing on the Harry part of it all, she summarised the video's narrative as, I wanted to tell the story of a girl who falls into a world that's too fast for her and suffers the consequences. And in the little narrative piece that she gives before the video actually starts up, she says, The worst part of it all wasn't losing him, it was losing me which is something that is incredibly similar to the slogan that was used throughout the 1989 era and, of course, in the Out of the Woods uh, MV and in the 1989 uh, World Tour Live Apple Music film, as well as being the secret message to Clean, which is she lost him, but she found herself and somehow that was everything. So it kind of draws a connection between these songs, even though, like you said, in the beginning, maybe it wasn't intended. Another reason why this song is often suggested to be about Harry or has, has kind of evolved to be about Harry is because of multiple performances and speeches. So a specific one is the 2013 VMAs and Taylor wins Best Female Video of the Year at the VMAs for I Knew Your Trouble. And in the speech, she said, I also want to thank the person who inspired this song because he knows exactly who he is because now I've got one of these. And Harry was in the audience that night and the camera even flashed to him. But lots of people have used this as a kind of reference that, yeah, this song is about Harry. Taylor made it very clear. There's multiple different award show moments that people allude to kind of Harry and Taylor. And I think another one to mention is the We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together performance at the Grammys when Taylor says does that and I still love you but and she kind of does it in a British accent and at the time lots of people were saying that that was a reference to Harry and again we're never ever getting back together it wasn't obviously originally written about him also what's quite important to mention is at the VMAs Harry does reach out um, and meet the guy in Taylor's I Knew Your Trouble music video so Reeve Carney the love interest in I Knew Your Trouble said that the VMAs were nuts but that was so nice of Taylor and such an honour it was fantastic to work with her and she's a real professional and Harry was so nice he came up to me and said he loved the video and thought Taylor and I did such a good job this again highlights that Harry and Taylor were on good terms and were very respectful of each other's work and art and videos but I think that the 2013 VMAs as well as the shit tattoo featured in the music video are the two things that really really strongly allude to Harry. And once again we can mention the I love you song that Harry supposedly wrote which alludes to the fact that he also may think I knew you were trouble is partly or partially about him. So another lyric from that on the soft warm ground for a week and 13 days. So apart from mentioning 13 which is like Taylor's number um, the soft warm ground kind of parallels and matches I knew you were troubles lying on the cold hard ground. So again, and then he goes on to say the lyric that we mentioned before, I didn't come back and I wasn't there. And then it says, I won't trouble you no more. I think that those lyrics again suggest that even if this song wasn't intentionally about Harry, that Harry definitely felt like it kind of, you know, kind of <laughs> alluded to him. 
And also it's quite important to mention the secret message for I Knew Your Trouble in the CD booklet, which is When You Saw Me Dancing. And this could possibly be a reference to March 31st, 2012, when Harry and Taylor, as we mentioned earlier, officially met at the Kids' Choice Awards in Los Angeles. They met backstage after Taylor was seen dancing to One Direction's performance. And there's a very kind of sweet video of Taylor dancing with Selena Gomez. Um, So maybe that is a possible reference. Again, we'll never know. But that is definitely something to mention and something that kind of adds to the kind of suggestions that this song is about Harry. The next thing chronologically is something that happened in June 2012. Now, this is something that Jackknife Lee, who is a producer of both Harry and Taylor songs, mentioned in an interview. So, though we don't know if this has a lot of truth to it, Jackknife Lee uh, mentioned he'd been working both with Taylor and Harry, and in fact, Harry and Taylor had worked together, writing a few bombastic songs that were requested by the label. How much truth this has to it, if those songs ever were really finished who actually they were written for and if they could somehow appear in some vault in the future I don't know but what's your opinion on these I'd never heard of this before yeah no I think it would be incredibly exciting maybe this could possibly end up on the 1989 vault like we said Taylor and Harry have been really good friends are still good friends speak fondly of each other so maybe that was a possibility but yeah the fact that he says in the interview that was in 2018 obviously talking about the red album um he said that yeah she was seeing harry styles at the time she wrote a few songs with him so it's interesting yeah how much truth there is to this and if it is then yeah i would love to hear and i think a lot of people would really really love to hear those songs and maybe they might see the light of day on 1989 The last song from Red to discuss is The Very First Night, which of course we only got recently in Taylor's version. This song, just in the same way that I mentioned earlier that Treacherous seems to be a style prequel, I feel that The Very First Night is very much an out-of-the-woods prequel. Uh, We have lots and lots of lyric parallels between The Very First Night and many songs on 1989. They don't know about the night in the hotel, they weren't riding in the car when we both fell, didn't read the on the Polaroid picture, they don't know how much I miss you. We have references to hotels, we have references to the Polaroid picture and the car as well, so a lot of themes. Yeah, and also we have kind of the mentions of missing you, again something that is obviously clear in Message in a Bottle and Come Back Be Here, so if those songs are also possibly about Harry then that is another lyrical kind of crossover and parallel. So yeah, I think just that kind of verse just has so many kind of references to multiple kind of Taylor Swift songs in the kind of Taylor Swift universe and I think that lots of people were very excited when they heard the very first night because it did appear to reference a lot of songs and suggest that maybe this song was about Harry. So now we can kind of get into some of the parallels between the very first night and other songs. So one of them is the idea of hotel rooms and hotels. This is something that we haven't discussed yet but this the very first night would be the first song that mentions it And then we have a lot of mentions to hotel rooms in Perfect by One Direction. Okay, so another clear kind of lyrical reference is obviously uh, didn't read the note on the Polaroid picture. So the Polaroid is obviously totally symbolic of the 1989 album um, and also clearly references the Out of the Woods lyric, you took Polaroids of us. So I think that this is definitely a clear kind of reference and um when i listened to it it did kind of feel like oh my god this is the polaroid is just so symbolic of the 1989 album whereas like things like autumn leaves and scarfs are symbolic of the red album so it was really interesting that we got this song that did kind of feel like a bit of a crossover between the two and yeah that's definitely a really cool lyrical crossover following on with that between this song and 1989 is 
uh, when Taylor sings Take Me Away to You to You, it kind of parallels the style lyric, Take Me Home, which she repeats like, Take Me Home, Take Me Home. One of them being, if you like causing trouble up in hotel rooms. So again, it kind of really parallels, they don't know about the night in the hotel and the trouble they may have caused in a particular hotel. Okay, so another kind of lyrical crossover um, from the very first night is the lyric, we were built to fall apart, which obviously kind of clearly parallels with the out of the woods lyric, we were built to fall apart and fall back together. So again, suggesting that this song is possibly about the same relationship as out of the woods. I definitely feel like this song was a very early 1989 song, obviously with the lyrical parallels that really fit the themes of 1989. And it maybe is one of the songs that Taylor was possibly mentioning when she was referring to how some of the vault tracks um, she was kind of keeping for the next album, but then the sound of the album's eventual songs were even more enhanced than the ones that she initially saved. And I think that the very first night is probably one of those songs that was saved because I think that with a different production this song could work could have worked perfectly on 1989 because of all the kind of lyrical parallels with the rest of those songs and I definitely feel like this maybe was one of the songs that Taylor considered for the next album and then like I said felt like oh no this song doesn't really fit the new sound of this album how do you feel about that? I do agree with you of course just so many lyrics that parallel and really really fit and like you said with a different production could have really have gone with 1989 the reason why in my opinion is because it does encapsulate that feeling just with all of the other songs that we've discussed from red about the tentative beginning of something yes yes so i think that's why it's better placed on red however like you said it really does feel like the beginning of 1989. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that Red does kind of have a lot of those songs with Everything Has Changed, Begin Again, Come Back, Be Here, Message in a Bottle, The Very First Night. Yeah, all those kind of songs are about kind of the beginnings of relationships and the kind of nervousness and wanting them to come back, And but it's all too new. And I think, yeah, that's definitely why Taylor, if maybe it was considered, obviously we don't know, this is purely speculative, but if maybe it was considered for 1989, why she then thought, actually, no, that belongs on Red, because I think it's kind of overall message rather than the kind of lyrical parallels fit with Red in comparison to the lyrical parallels appearing to fit with 1989. So with that being said, we are now moving on to 1989. 1989, the way that it's framed and was presented to us is kind of a... Um, narrative about one specific time in Taylor's life. This can be seen through the secret messages that, when placed all together, kind of tell a story about a chapter in Taylor's life. However, we're going to be commenting on the songs that most likely are about Harry, because even though some of them were placed on this album and, again, are framed as being all about the same time and relationship, they could always take inspiration from different moments. Once again, to discuss 1989, just as we did with Red, we're going to be discussing the songs in chronological order as how they were written. So we're going to be starting off with This Love and ending off with Style, which was written in February 2014. Okay, so from the Lover Diaries, we can see that This Love was written on the 17th of October 2012. When talking about the song, Taylor said that this song is about when you care about the person enough for in a relationship to let them go and if the timing is right they'll come back this song i think about harry how do you feel do you think that that it, this is a kind of a song inspired by harry yeah i agree if we place it in the timeline of that at that point in october they were just kind of getting back together and we look at how what happened in the spring of 2012 it makes sense that you know she kind of had to let him go because of all of the drama or what went down in australia and that and then 
the love came back to her. So I do think that it's about him. And what I find really interesting about this song is how it was written so, so early in, in the process. I mean, 1989 at that point wasn't even thought out as like a thematical thing. No. Um, and in my opinion, it's kind of similar to the very first night in the sense yes. that they, were, they both seem to be written either late on in the Red album process or very, very early on in the 1989 album process. However, the very first night was then kind of scrapped and deemed to be a red vault whereas this love she held on to even after kind of the whole after the grammys and and coming the up changing with, up with the yeah exactly what 1989 was going to be she held on to that song and made sure it had its place on the album yeah it's mad that that song was held on for two years and Taylor really, really felt like it deserved a place on the album. And also, what's quite interesting, and this is this is the um, only solo right on 1989 as well. So maybe that's one of the reasons why Taylor wanted it, because um, with her album, she always has kind of one that is a kind of like minimum that is a single solo right. And also, it's the last song that Taylor and Nathan Chapman did together. Um, so no, it is interesting that that song kind of survived such a long time and even survived kind of Taylor's yeah changing up of the next album and then kind of coming up with the 989 concept and the fact that she felt like that song still fitted is really really nice um but yeah I think that that this song definitely like you said is kind of slice very similar with um the very first night and finally what's really interesting about this love is how it was written so early on but has a lot of parallels with other songs on 1989 so we have in silent screams and then we have and wildest dreams so you know these themes these ideas obviously there's something they were something that taylor was thinking about way back in in 2012 yeah i've always felt like because Taylor always says sometimes that certain phrases or lyrics or stuff she writes in notes and I felt like Wildish Dreams was something that she came up with and yeah and used it in Say This Love and then I felt like oh no I would like to do a song where that's kind of the the title or the main idea and I think that that is something yeah like you said it's interesting that there is lots of different parallels but I've always felt like Wildish Dreams is one of those songs that's in her kind of phone notes and she wanted to kind of continually reference okay so the next song that taylor wrote for the 989 album was all you had to do was stay and taylor tweeted on january 10th 2013 that she was in the studio and she said oh no and then later a fan on tumblr asked taylor what the song was that she was tweeting about and taylor said that it was all you had to do was stay while speaking to ryan adams about the 989 album taylor specifically when she was talking about all you had to do was stay said that it was inspired by a dream that she had about an ex who showed up at her door and knocked on her door and opened it up and she was ready to launch into the perfect thing to say but all that she could say was the stay that you hear in the chorus of all you had to do was stay if we put this in the time frame of harry and taylor's relationship this song was written a couple of days after harry and taylor split up so i definitely feel like this song a kind of harry song are inspired by that and the fact that she said about mentioning the x and i think it's really interesting that um the stay that we hear in the chorus was something that Taylor like thought up in a dream and then decided to include in the song. Yeah, it's a very interesting song. And to think that the same with um, I Did Something Bad, that she gets these dreams with these random song sounds and, and words uh, is really, really cool, in my opinion. And yeah, all you have to do with Stay is the breakdown of the relationship, um, which can be seen also from many of her speeches in the 1989 world tour before this song and as well again it connects to other songs on the album uh the secret message of style is her heart belonged to someone who couldn't stay and of course all you have to do with stay 
the person doesn't doesn't stay. So very interesting to see the connections between everything. The next song chronologically that we think would be about this relationship is I Wish You Would, which was written in spring of 2013. So whereas in All You Had To Do Was Stay, there's more scathing lyrics about a breakdown. In I Wish You Would, there seems to be some regretful lyrics. Taylor has described this song about being about an ex who bought a house two blocks away from hers. And in the voice memo on the 1989 deluxe album, she describes it as an idea that's about this guy who's like, driving down the street in the middle of the night and he passes his ex-girlfriend's house and it's like he thinks she hates him but she's still in love with him it's all very dramatic moreover in 2015 during the 1989 world tour taylor len described the song as then both of them are lonely and both of them are wishing that the other had just said to them i'm sorry come back i miss you and again what's quite interesting obviously the idea of coming back references again come back be here so I think it's interesting, like you said, there's lots of kind of lyrical crossovers with kind of distance and missing someone. And I think that that's very clear and I wish you would. Through some reports from the 1989 listening party, apparently Taylor also described this song as being about after having broke up with an ex, he bought a house that was like a couple of roads adjacent to hers and every day he would drive home and accidentally turn into her street. And he even told her that he really wanted to like stop and see her, but he never did. And she said that the song is about while he was in the car, making the decision to get out the car and see her and that she was sitting in her bedroom wishing he would make the move and go back to her and just like pitch up at her house. So like I said, a very like song about really wanting someone to kind of regret their decisions and come back, but then not doing it yourself. And she compared it to a classic movie where both parties want the same thing, but neither has the guts to just say anything. So one of the reasons why this song is suggested to be about Harry is because in January 2013, right after the Hala breakup, there were reports of Harry looking for a house in LA, and it's assumed that he bought a house near Taylor's. And so in that case, the story kind of matches up with I Wish You Would and how closely they were living to each other after the breakup. Once again, we have the themes and related lyrics to style. So the themes of driving a car at midnight, at night, no headlights on, a bit recklessly. Taylor also described um, in one of her interviews that style like made reference to this crooked love, which she mentions in I Wish You Would. And talking about parallels between uh, Taylor and Harry, once again, we can mention the song Perfect. In Perfect, uh, one of the lyrics is, and if you like midnight driving with the windows down, which directly parallels to windows down, you pass my street, the memories start. The next song that Taylor wrote for the 1989 album was I Know Places, which was written on Jan 22nd, 2014. Okay, so speaking to Glam in 2015, Taylor basically said that the song was about how people try and ruin a relationship if they get the chance to, and the kind of the best way to start a relationship is to keep it secret. And obviously this kind of alludes to how Taylor and Harry initially met and their kind of initial bling as such was very secret um, and that's why lots of people have suggested that I Knew Places was referencing Harry. Moreover, I Know Places really does explore the theme of like the media and third parties kind of the vultures, as Taylor describes them in this song, kind of being a detriment to their relationship, which of course is something true. So if anything were to ever happen between them after that, it would make sense for it all to be very secretive and very covert. Another interesting thing from I Know Places is the image of the foxes. So they are the hunters, we are the foxes. And many people have related the image of foxes to 
the literal jumper that Taylor wore during the very, very exposed date between them, like the overexposed date between them in Central Park, where loads of photos were taken, the media just like kept harassing them. She was wearing a jumper with a fox on it. Yeah, no, I think that this song is a really interesting kind of song and discussion of celebrity and kind of dating as a celebrity and yeah, feeling like you have to run and hide and it's kind of this like cat and mouse game. Um, and this kind of hunting they're trying to find you but you're just trying to you know be in a relationship and I think that this song is a very interesting song because of Taylor kind of discussing the difficulties of dating someone as a celebrity and obviously this mention this kind of does mention how Harry talked about the relationship where he said that you know it's difficult enough being in a relationship when you're 18 let alone when you're kind of being hounded and followed Um, so I think that this song is really interesting kind of take and look back on that relationship if it is about it Um, because yeah it's I think that that must have been an incredibly hard thing to have to deal with when you're just trying to, you know, go on a date with someone and spend time with them and you're being followed and hounded. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the themes of I Know Places. Another interesting fact about I Know Places it is one of the two songs that specifically mention green eyes, which, of course, Harry's eyes are green. So at the end of I Know Places, we get the lyric... In the dead of night, your eyes so green, and I know for you it's... Okay, so the next song that Taylor wrote for 1989 that we think is about Harry Styles was Clean, and that was written on Feb 9th, 2014. In an interview with Elle magazine, Taylor said the following about Clean. So Taylor said, Clean I wrote as I was walking out of Liberty in London. Someone I used to date, it hit me that I'd been in the same city as him for two weeks and hadn't thought about it. And then Taylor continued by saying, and when it did hit me, I was like... Oh, I hope he's doing well. And the first thought that came to my mind was, I'm finally clean. Once again, Clean has many parallels that run throughout the 1989 album. And Taylor chose it as the closer of this album, which is interesting because in a way it kind of closes off their relationship. However, chronologically speaking, she then went on to write Style just like a few days later, which we'll comment about in a second. But another interesting thing, parallel-wise, are the parallels between Clean and the song by One Direction, Olivia. Once again, Harry was involved in the writing process of the song Olivia. The song talks about a girl, a fictional character called Olivia, who they're professing their love to. When asked who Olivia was, Harry acted very shiftily and said, who knows, Olivia could be a place, it could be a person, it's just a feeling. One of the main parallels between Clean and Olivia is that in Clean we have the lyric, you're still all over me like a wine stained dress I can't wear anymore. And in Olivia we have the direct parallel, she's lying in bed with my t-shirt on just thinking how I went about it wrong. This isn't the stain of red wine, I'm bleeding love. Another parallel between the two songs are references to butterflies. So in Clean we have when the butterflies turn to dust that covered my whole room. Whereas in Olivia, in the bridge, we have the summertime and butterflies all belong to your creation. These two songs have many parallels, but they kind of express very different feelings. Whereas Clean is the end of a, of a bit of a traumatic experience and relationship and you feel like you're finally over someone. Olivia is much more upbeat and happy and talking about how much you love someone and how it kind of worked out. Very interesting parallels. I especially love the lyric. This isn't the stain of red wine. I'm bleeding love. Yeah, me too. I really do like those kind of lyrical parallels. And like you said, this might just be purely coincidental. Of but course. I think it is definitely interesting that there is these kind of parallels. Um, but like we said, we're never to know who inspires these songs or who chose what lyrics and what they're inspired by. But I think that... Um, the parallels are definitely something that's really interesting, um, especially the red wine. And- the song that was written 
after Clean is, of course, Style. It was written on the 19th of February 2014. So much for writing Clean literally a few days before. This song is the song about the relationship. It's the one that everyone alludes to when they think of the Harry Styles song, mostly because of the name, which was very brave of her to do, if you ask me. It was, it was very brave and very... Um, it was definitely not an accident. It was on purpose, this, this name. And Taylor knew exactly what she was doing when she chose that name. The way that Taylor describes the song, uh, in an interview with Ryan Seacrest, she said that it's basically about a relationship that is always a bit off. And here she makes the connection to the crooked love relationship that we spoke about before in I Wish You Would. And she says... The two people are trying to forget each other and they've both been out with other people and they've both tried to forget the other. And so it's like, all right, I heard you went off with her and you came back. Well, I've done that too. So, and that was in reference to the line, I heard you've been out and about with some other girls. What you heard is true, but I've been there too a few times. So in general, style is about this couple that keep coming back together, even though they're driven apart and they go off with other people, they still go back together and as the name aptly implies, they never go out of style. Now, style is a song that has many, many themes of the Hala uh, relationship in it. So we have the car drives, the midnight driving, uh, the secret meetup, the concept of home, cheating and being with other people, miscommunication. And finally, in the MV itself, we even get a reference to the paper airplane necklace. It also was quite interesting. In November of 2014, Taylor talked about style and she said that it's kind of about the person that will interrupt your wedding because it's never really over. And it's kind of an on and off relationship that always comes back. So I think that's really interesting as well, the way that Taylor kind of talked about that and very speak now moment. Um, I think that Taylor has always kind of been fascinated by the idea of someone interrupting your wedding, like <laughs> right. with obviously speak now. And then the, I bet you think about me music video. It seems that it's kind yeah. of a, a, it's kind a theme, of a theme that Taylor clearly really, really is fascinated by. Cause I think it is kind of quite an intense moment, isn't it? Like that that's kind of the last time that someone could ruin a relationship. And it's kind of like, it all builds up to then In and then it's all fine. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's interesting that Taylor kind of references that, but I think that's a really cool thing that Taylor said that, yeah, um, it's the person that this song is about the person that could interrupt your wedding. Speaking about Star and the music video, apart from that paper airplane necklace we just mentioned, there are some more things that allude to the relationship. So Taylor uh, wears the same spotted top that she wore on her infamous date when she went out with Harry and he got his um, ship tattoo. And there's also some clips that are like home videos that are supposedly were supposedly filmed by Harry himself. Also, there's lots of kind of parallels between the style and Perfect, which is the One Direction song uh, music videos. There's kind of the beds and the bed sheets, eyes. There's lots of kind of visual similarities between the two. Again, obviously, both these songs are the most kind of well-known songs that are written about each other. So it's interesting that there's lots of crossovers between the music videos and kind of visual parallels. An interesting thing about Style and Perfect, like you said, like they're the biggest songs about each other from the other's perspective. There is an amazing remix of both of the song kind of mashed together. And whoever would want to listen to that, I do highly recommend it. It's such a cool remix and they fit so perfectly. Like the songs even have these same timestamps. So they both 
like have the same length and the bridge starts kind of at the same time it's very interesting how both of them like really really parallel each other so they fit really well remixed together finally what's important to mention here is that harry's solo song two ghosts from his first solo album called harry styles really really does parallel this song so he starts the song off two ghosts with same lips red same eyes blue same white shirt couple more tattoos which literally if we look about if we look at it in comparison to style and the aesthetic surrounding style we have mentions of you know red lips throughout 1989 and throughout the style video as well some of the lyrics that parallel with two ghosts are you got that James Dean daydream look in your eye with same eyes blue and I got that red lip classic thing that you like same lips red and then we have the lyric you got that long hair slick back white t-shirt and obviously in two ghosts same white shirt so these two really really do mirror each other in the same vein as style the other big song that is related to the Haler relationship is out of the woods so out of the woods is based around the experiences that they could might have had when they went on a skiing trip together in december 2012 so we know that it was from December 2012 because Harry had a snowmobile accident and he actually tweeted about his chin being injured at that point in time. So this is the accident that is referred to in the Out of the Woods Bridge. When Taylor describes this song, she says that even if a relationship is breakable and fragile and full of anxiety, it doesn't mean that it isn't worthwhile, exciting and beautiful and all the things that we look for. And that was actually in the Grammy Museum before she played it acoustically. An amazing performance. And it really highlights the tragedy of Out of the Woods and the beauty yeah. of it. it I, think, I think, yeah, with a lot of the kind of 1989 songs, they kind of have, yeah, these kind of kind of sad, tragic lyrics. But the kind of the kind of background and the production is upbeat and positive in a way. And I think it's similar with All You Had To Do Was Stay. I think that I would really, really, really love Taylor to do it. All You Have To Do Was Stay kind of piano performance so that people could kind of appreciate the sadness of those lyrics and I think that the Out of the Woods Grammy Museum performance um, really really did make people appreciate yeah the kind of tragedy of the Out of the Woods lyrics. In a way in general is a very deceptive album like it sounds really yes. happy and poppy but really it's kind of about a breakdown of a relationship yeah. and trying to get over it and uh, though I do find that in contrast to Red uh, and the breakdown of the relationship described in Red, 1989 does touch upon all of these lovely, like, happy moments. And yeah, it's, she's definitely. looking towards it in much more of a positive light. Yeah, it's, it's more definitely more a kind of fond look back rather than a kind of... There's there's also this joyousness looking back on yeah. it. And even with this kind of reference that, you know, it might have been full of anxiety, but it doesn't mean that it was beautiful and worthwhile. Um, so I think that that's kind of how 1989 kind of is built up. Like you said, even though it sounds like this really upbeat, poppy album, a lot of those songs are about heartbreak and kind of, yeah. I think that's what one of the main things that draws us towards this relationship and seeing these lyric parallels and all of these themes around them. It's just so creatively written about that it, it is so interesting to kind of take a peek into it through the lyrics. It's just really, really beautifully written. So for Out of the Woods, we do have a lot of lyrical themes that we've spoken about before. Of course, we get that mention to the Polaroid. We get the mention to the snowmobile accident, as we said. We also get timeline references to last December, which, of course, as we know, is when they went on, to the, uh, on this holiday to the ski resort. And then, of course, we get the repeated lyric that we now have in uh, a Red Vault song, which is We Were Built to Fall Apart, Then Fall Back Together. 
your necklace hanging from my neck again a paper airplane reference and then she literally says two paper airplanes flying flying Finally, for Out of the Woods, we also get a lot of references throughout the music video. In the music video, we have a lot of little references to Harry. So apparently there's a frame towards the end where you can see HS written on Taylor's wrist. As well as this one being a bit more obvious, she literally is wearing the paper airplane necklace and then she kind of tears it away from her neck and throws it away and then instantly regrets it. Wonderland. Um, unfortunately, because it's a deluxe track, we don't have a secret message and we're not too sure when this song was written. However, there's lots of lyrical references that definitely allude to it being about Harry. So the green eyes, as we mentioned in I Know Places, possibly refers to Harry's eyes. And then the reference to the Cheshire Cat smile and Harry is from Cheshire. So this song is obviously very thematically similar to I Know Places about kind of going down this kind of treacherous kind of path and being followed and it's kind of dangerous and full of anxiety, which is again themes that were referenced, as we said, in I Know Places and Out the Woods and possibly themes, like we said earlier, that were mentioned in the song Treacherous. How do you feel about that? That's interesting. Yeah, I feel like from the beginning, uh, the relationship was kind of dangerous and then we have in style the reference to could end in burning flames or paradise and now we have you know wonderland where in the end in wonderland we all went mad so it's really really interesting how it's always been a relationship that is laced with anxiety and dangerousness and starting right back from treacherous really interesting observation so this brings us to the conclusion as to the songs that are either definitely about the relationship or quite possibly about the relationship on 1989. Of course, there are other songs on 1989 that could or couldn't be, and don't, but don't really have any specific mentions that we want to get into. However, there are two interesting songs that Taylor kind of made clear either one about a relationship or have a tiny little reference that we want to comment on. So one of these songs is Shake It Off. This was written at the very similar time to Style, Uh, in February 2014 and she wrote it in LA and the only lyric that we wanted to quickly mention is my ex-man brought his new girlfriend so this could be a connection to style fit in with the style lyric of you've been out and about with some other girls and it could make reference to Harry and his new girlfriend at the time or person who was hanging out with which was Kendall Jenner or some people also speculate that it could be about someone else completely about perhaps John Mayer and Katy Perry but no one is too sure, but we thought we'd just mention that quickly here. Okay, so the final song that we wanted to mention off of 1989 is Bad Blood. And this song is not about Harry. But what is very, very interesting is that Taylor, during the promotion for 1989, wanted to make it very, very clear that this song was not about Harry. Okay, so speaking to Rolling Stone, Taylor said, But I just want people to know that it's not about a guy. You don't want to shade someone that you used to date and make it seem like you hate him when that's not the case. And I knew people would immediately be going in one direction. And then obviously Taylor realises her accident of referring to Harry's band. And then she buries her face in her hands and said, why? And howls and cackles and laughs. But anyways, what I thought was interesting is that Taylor wants to make it very clear that Bad Blood was not about Harry. So again, in 2015 for GQ, Taylor also wanted to make it clear that this song was not about an ex when she said, you sit there and you know you're on good terms with your ex-boyfriend and you don't want him or his family to think you're firing shots at him. So you say that was about losing a friend and that's basically all you say. But then people cryptically tweet about what you meant. And obviously that refers to then later people realising that Bad Blood was about Katy Perry. But yeah, what was interesting, what we wanted to highlight was that Taylor wanted to highlight 
um, that this song was not about an ex and possibly not about Harry. Like we said, mentioned earlier that 1989 kind of does follow a th- kind of one thematic, but it, it kind of follows a kind of one story, doesn't it? And I think that maybe Taylor didn't want to think that Bad Blood was part of that story. Yeah, it's kind of part of that time frame, but not in reference to the same person. And I think it's sweet that she wanted to make it clear. And it kind of does point out once again that they were on good terms. Okay, so after 1989, the rest of the songs that we're going to mention are very, very speculative and are mainly coincidences. So first off, we'll start with Reputation. And there is one song off of Reputation that lots of people suspect is about Harry or possibly about Harry, and that is So It Goes. In terms of So It Goes, many people did, as you said, uh, speculate it was about Harry because of the themes. Once again, the name itself, So It Goes, is a lyric that has been mentioned both in style and now we also have it in The Very First Night, which are both songs that are possibly about him. So a lot of people already did draw parallels and kind of relate it to that relationship. However, one thing that was very interesting is that Taylor's producer for Reputation, or one of the producers, Oscar Gores, who worked on this song in specific, revealed that the track was written uh, some years before. However, this is a bit contemptuous. Let's get into it. So basically what happened is Oscar Gores gave a small interview where he spoke about working with Taylor, and he described that when working on So It Goes, he actually received a call from Max Martin and Shellback about working with Taylor and producing this song. And he describes that at that point, he had just become a father. And he was kind of like with the baby and it was all very crazy. It was half past six in the morning and he had to answer a, a call. And he was like, what's going on? And they was like, you've got to answer the call. It's to work with Taylor Swift. And that is when So It Goes was produced and developed. Now, he actually became a father for the first time on March the 2nd, 2015. So this would mean that So It Goes was written a couple of years before the album and would make reference to possibly the Halo relationship. However, we looked into this and Oscar Gores actually has two children, the second being born in September 2017, which would kind of fit the reputation era's writing for that album. It would kind of fit better. Uh, However, it could be very close to the album release. I'm not sure. Also, the way that he speaks in the interview is like, I just become a father. Would you say that? Like if you were if it was the second time around? I'm not sure. What do you think about it? I'm I'm not too sure as well. I think that it's kind of hard to know. I think, yeah, the the obviously the So It Goes lyric that is referenced in other songs kind of does suggest possibly that it was before. And Taylor would have definitely been writing songs around that time. Again, then that draws in the debate of the scrapped album idea and songs that were written before the idea of reputation came about. So there's this So It Goes and this kind of discussion of when it was made pulls in lots of things i think because then there's also a debate well is this song then possibly about calvin because obviously if it was written on march 2nd taylor and calvin officially started dating on march 6th so which is very close to that kind of timeline taylor was obviously then photographed leaving a recording studio on march 2nd 2015 which suggests that she was recording stuff so there is kind of a lot of a debate around this song personally i feel like it was probably written during the reputation kind of cycle and i think that maybe it was um uh, the producer is referring to his second child but like you said then the wording of i became a father suggests that it was first child so yeah i think there's this is very very speculative yeah um, i think this is and... one of those songs that we're never really gonna know no uh but it is interesting how so it goes even though it was placed on the reputation album was never really given a place on the reputation tour and was kind of like shoved under the rug in a way which yeah. makes me think that maybe there wasn't so much of a 
uh, you know, she didn't not care, but like she wasn't as connected to the song the as song the other and, Reputation yeah, songs. Definitely, and and also it would be interesting, and it's also interesting that if it was done in 2015, how it was kept for so long. Um, right. A bit like with This Love, where it was kept and then still felt like it fitted on the album even after a couple of years later. Right. And also, like you mentioned earlier, with if it was produced in 2017 in September, which obviously was close to the date and release of Reputation, obviously with recent albums like Evermore and Folklore, some of those songs, songs were literally produced like a week before. So I think mm. that that definitely wouldn't be realistic. I think that that's definitely realistic that it could possibly have been done close to the release. So I think this is very, very speculative. But we've tried to give as much kind of fact and info as possible. But at the end of the day, we can never really know unless someone says specifically. So unless Taylor ever gives us, so it goes kind of handwritten lyrics with dates on, then I guess we'll right. never know. The next song, again, which is very speculative, that we think might possibly be referring to Harry Styles is Death by a Thousand Cuts off of the Lover album. So this song was inspired by the Netflix film Something Great and is not an aspect of Taylor's personal relationship. However, while working on the treatment for the movie, the film's writer said that they're inspired by Taylor's song Clean. So Taylor then said, um, while talking about Death by a Thousand Cuts, that oftentimes I write songs about my own life, but there's always flickers of other people's work that influence me in some way. I think that when people make art, other people make art. And I think that it's especially women who make art that I find it highly inspiring just based on how they tell a story. Because it's about this relationship that ends after eight or nine years. So as we said, this song was not directly referencing or discussing Taylor's kind of personal life but because the film was slightly inspired by clean and then this song was inspired by the film lots of people have suggested that this indirectly is a song written about harry which is quite interesting but it's definitely worth mentioning how do you feel about this one lisa death by a thousand cuts does stand out because it doesn't like fit the rest of lover and the and the story told in that album and i always felt this reminds me of like themes that have, have occurred more in 1989 and stuff like that and then when it was revealed i was like wow i can't you know, I can't believe this was an unintentional song about that period in her life, in a way. You know what I mean? Like, it's obviously yeah. gone through various stages, through a film, <laughs> yeah. through a song, through a film, through another song. But it's very interesting to see how it does kind of fit into to that narrative. Yeah, it's weird. It is like an indirectly, indirectly. It's like evolved in so many ways that it almost isn't. But if you kind of draw the timeline back to where it technically its inspiration came from it's technically inspired by clean but through a film so it is interesting um and yeah like you said it, it definitely does kind of have that similar kind of feel to um like taylor said with the it's the person where the relationship is never really over the idea of the chandelier right. still flickering and if the story's the, over why do i yeah, keep writing pages exactly yeah and, and the, obviously the interrupting the wedding thing so it is definitely a theme that taylor kind of mentioned like you said during the 1989 album so it does kind of have that similar feel but um definitely something worth mentioning and is an interesting it's interesting how taylor is inspired by different things but it's really cool that she was inspired by something that was inspired by her from the folklore album we have one that is very very much of a reach from folklore we have exile which obviously is a co-write with joe so i can't think that it is in any way purposefully about this moment or this relationship however it strangely really describes the events that took place at the billboard music awards in 2015 between harry and taylor and strangely parallels a lot of the uh, lyrics from harry's song woman so in both songs they kind of speak about this 
two-sided moment that is going on where ex-girlfriend is now standing with their new man while the ex-boyfriend is kind of jealously watching them and if you kind of look at exiles lyrics woman's lyrics and photos from the 2015 billboard music awards where harry is on the stage looking down at Taylor and Calvin in this first front row of seats kind of like whispering to each other. It's just really strange how both of the songs kind of describe that moment but of course I do believe this is all very just strangely coincidences and nothing more. Yes I agree I think that it's kind of a coincidental thing but it is interesting how there is again like we said we're trying to base this episode on lyrical parallels and kind of the story that's told throughout the lyrics and crossovers so it is interesting that there is these again parallels between woman and exile again totally unintentional but um still interesting we have another couple of references that once again could just be coincidental but are interesting to get into so one of the songs that are interesting is coney island now in coney island we have a bridge that many people have pointed out could be making references to taylor's ex lovers or past relationships that she has written about in her other albums so in this bridge the lyrics were you standing in the hallway with a big cake happy birthday have been related to uh, Red lyrics and the relationship that Red is based around. Then, Did I Paint Your Bluest Skies the Darkest Grey has been related to Speak Now lyrics and Dear John. And then we reach the part that could be about Harry or the Halo relationship. And when I got into the accident, the sight that flashed before me was your face. And this could be making reference to that infamous out of the woods accident. Finally, we then have the lyric, but when I walked up to the podium, I think that I forgot to say your name, which strangely can remind us of what Taylor mentioned during the Miss Americana documentary where she was with Calvin. Finally, the last song that would kind of conclude this whole thing, again, is from Evermore and again is very maybe just coincidental, speculative, but the song Right Where You Left Me on the deluxe edition of Evermore mentions a relationship back when she was 23. Again, because these albums are very much drawn from many different inspirations and stories of other people, stories of herself, it could make a reference to that relationship as Taylor was 23 when she was with Harry, or it could just have rhymed and made like the most sense. We can't really tell because we don't have that much insight into these lyrics. However, another interesting mention that we thought we'd close this off with okay so we've come to the end of our episode and thank you very much for listening obviously these are all the songs for now that we think might possibly be referring to harry and taylor's relationship obviously with the eventual release of 989 taylor's version and the 989 vault there may be lots more and lots more lyrical parallels that i'm sure that we'll analyze and get into and also hopefully in the future we want to do an episode on songs that were written about taylor so lots of the harry songs that we mentioned we'll definitely properly analyze and look at um, in more depth in the future if you are enjoying our episodes, make sure you um, subscribe to our YouTube channel, like this video, and head over to our Instagram, which is at Swiftly Spoken Podcast, and give us a follow. Thank you again for listening. Mm-hmm.